I'm on my walk this morning on the 26th of April 2015 and I feel a new peace that has settled into my heart in the face of the unrest I've had in this whole situation with Laura and these women and waiting and just being tired and all that stuff uh, of waiting meaning and feeling uh, not very faithish for the last several weeks and Last night I decided to start listening to A.W. Pink's audiobook. I've been listening to it for one hour and then I'm, it's like 10 hours. I'm now into my second hour as of last night about God's sovereignty. And it's such an incredible book. He did such an amazing job using scriptures and bringing in all these things and connecting them all so that you see <clears throat> how completely, utterly in control God is. That at one point I had to just... I sh it just makes me shrink before the Lord. It's so easy, I think, to just get up and start your day and go about your business of surviving and thriving or entertaining yourself or seeking your desires that you forget there's a sovereign God who created you, the very clay, a piece of clay that you are. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life and that your life is no longer your own if you're in Christ. And... I just kind of shrank before that. Obviously, I spend all my days. I'm not saying that that applies to me specifically because I spend every day trying to find the Lord's will and to do His work. I'm, I'm talking about, in a general sense, how I lived my life for the first 19 years as a, quote, Christian. And um, then I just laid on the floor and literally just shrunk before this idea of how unbelievably in control God is. I mean, of the swarms of insects and how He can make animals do things that are not natural to them. He can make water do things that isn't natural. He can make people groups come against other people groups or how he chooses he chooses the lowest of all things of all people he chose Israel, the lowest most despised. How he chooses all of us. How he some people think that the devil has power, you know, to influence over God or that the devil's winning and I've even said that the devil's winning. And it's it's and what I'm realizing now is that that is a very, very ignorant statement. I, I, I've begun to know this before, this Michael W. Pink, or Michael W. Pink, this A.W. Pink um, book, but it's made it so much more clear how unbelievable God's control is. He is so in control, and it is just, it is incredible. It's totally incredible, and there's a there's a shrinking feeling before it, and there's a resting feeling before it, where you can just ah, oh, you can just rest. God's got this. He's in control. Everything, ISIS, Al Qaeda, Hitler, God allows it all. Christians, and then there's this weird thing. I don't want to get into this big long discussion, but then the Christians have. Obviously, they're under the influence and the control of God. But they also have a free will choice to be able to participate back with God in this relationship. It's very hard to understand it all. And even in Romans 11.33, it says, you know, who can understand his ways? His ways are unsearchable. And that's like the understatement of the human existence. But... My eyes are opening, and I'm going to study this even more, to how in control God is and how unbelievably out of control 
man is in spite of what he thinks. I think I'm, I'm walking in this neighborhood now with all these big houses, the kind of neighborhood I used to live in, and, you know, we all pursue money and finances, and, you know, we want all this good, fancy stuff to make us happy, and it rarely does for very long. And we think we're in control, and there's a God who's watching. And uh, anyhow, I um, I was thinking about Laura this morning, and I, I, I got my picture out of her, and started to pray for her and I just relaxed it's like I just relaxed that all of this temptation that's been coming at me from other women um, through my website and stuff is really all being allowed by God and I knew the other day I said Lord this is happening for me to be stronger in this area and um, and to have more character development in this area of my life and it gives me comfort to know that God is allowing these things not to destroy me not to hurt me but to help me and <clears throat> I just found a new rest in that this morning that I haven't had previously and I'm just rejoicing in it I'm just rejoicing in it God is very very good He's very, very in control, and I'm, I'm really, really backfilled with faith <coughs> that God can do so easy connecting me to Laura. When he's ready, and he knows I'm ready, and he knows she's ready, he'll do this, and so... I guess the main point I want to make, or conclusion I want to come to about this, is the fact that me studying God's sovereignty, the fact that He is so in control in this deeply mysterious way, it, 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 who can understand? I mean, okay, so I want to expand this a little bit. One little story. Last night I was looking through my scriptures, the numbers that God shows me, and I saw the 322 and a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. And I said, Father, I felt like saying I haven't I haven't seen that in, in a couple of days. Are you still proud of me? Am I still okay? I mean, I know I've had a rough time of late. Are you still proud of me? I and mean, I'm I know I have a long way to go, but I'm working hard and I'm seeking you and all that. Well, this morning I'm walking up and I felt directed to go up to the very top of Everest Drive, get up, take a ride. I hadn't been there in forever take a right and I'm just walking along bebop first car I look at in the driveway 322 and I just said God thank you thank you father thank you for letting me know that you're still happy with me and you're still pleased thank you Jesus so happy with that and so what else I was thinking about is how I think about like the 777 thing God has told me many times to think back on that you know, this whole situation with my children where my children have been taken from me and they've been taken captive by my ex-wife and it happens a lot to people. Um, and, you know, you wonder, like, what's my part? Should I fight or should I not? And there's a time to fight and there's a time to wait. <clears throat> Lamentations 3, 24 through 26. I will say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good that he waits quietly 
for the salvation of the Lord. And so with me, God's been showing me over and over that He will act in my behalf, Isaiah 64, 4. He did, did yesterday morning in a providential way, so I keep getting off track, but my point is that I started thinking about the 777 thing and how God showed me that number over a hundred times and then ends my divorce on the 777th day. And even though I don't have the result yet that I feel like was warranted of something as big and extraordinary of God orchestrating the 777, if all I do is put my eyes, I mean even right now I'm just filled with awe. If all I do is put my eyes on the fact that God can God can do that without I mean like how can you explain that how can you explain that God could direct how can you get your it's your hand your 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 mind wrapped around this you know not that how can God do it but how can you understand that God can move on all those judges schedules and the whole court system and my ex-wife and her attorney and my schedules my unavailability uh, that he can he I mean how can you process that that he did all of these details and orchestrated them all so that even still with all the human involvement with all the human uh, 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 responsibility with all the human choice God still ended my divorce on the 777th day and then directs me to read page 777 of my Bible where there's basically this 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 whole explanation that God is the ultimate executive of justice of justice and when no earthly court can can render justice he will I think about the time where my car insurance was going to be canceled and and you know I didn't tell anybody not even my parents and the day before it's to be canceled like the due date the expert you know the, the 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 grace period was over the day before I needed the money God moves on somebody's heart to make a $100 donation at Relentless Heart. I mean, that was incredible. Incredible. I mean, and I've seen other things like I think about where I'll be making recordings and I'll say Laura's name at 2 minutes and 12 seconds into the recording. Or I'll say, I think I just met my wife and it's at 2 minutes and 12 seconds. And the times that it's there's been a, a 777 and a 212. And just the, the most unbelievable. Down to the second. Being somewhere, turn your head, see the sign, see the number, know the scripture. And then it's a warning of just something that's going to happen in just a few minutes. I mean, you just... You just and yet, like right now, I know if I reach up and I pull this cobweb off of my ear... God's not controlling that. He's not controlling right now if I want to scratch my ear, rub my eyebrows. He's not controlling, you know, me making this recording. The next word that I'm going to say, I can say right now I'm going to choose to say the word purple. And I know that God did not cause me to say the word purple. So there's this balance between, uh, and who can understand this is what I'm trying to get at. Like, so God is in control and He's orchestrating things. And yet, we seem to have this control. Like, I feel like I could take a gun right now, pull a, put a gun up to my head, pull the trigger, blow my brains out, and God could stop me, but He probably wouldn't. And yet, somehow or another, God's plan 
still comes to pass. So I still have this free will. Like I could choose right now to go home, make breakfast or go home, read the Bible or go home, pick my nose or go home, whatever. But yet there's also times where I realize I'm deciding, but it's not me really that's deciding. It's Philippians 2.13. It is God who acts in you. It is God who acts in you or who works in you to will and to act according to His good pleasure. So, for example, I, I remember the time when I was getting ready to go to the left Starbucks and I went to the right. Several times that's happened. Like the time, the night that I met Mary and Mary's in the parking lot praying for somebody to help her and I ended up going, God directed me. So I think I chose, but I didn't. I mean, that, that is bizarre. How do you reconcile all of that, that? That I can choose right now to say the word green. But yet there are times when God is choosing for me. There's times when God is, is you know, causing me to pray for people. Causing me to say things. Causing me to not say things. And then there's times when I'm... It's, when you start to really try to break that apart, it can mess with your mind. That's why I think Romans 11.33 says, Who can understand His ways? Nobody can understand God's ways fully like this. I mean, His ways are so much higher than our ways, it's not even funny. And the fact is that even though, even, even me becoming aware of this is warping my mind. Some people, Christians, walk around and never even think about the sovereignty of God. They don't even think about it. They don't know about it. They, don't, they hear predestination. They say, nah, I'm out. I don't like that deal. doesn't match with human reasoning. And I'm sitting here just, just trying to come to grips with the whole idea and trying to get my head wrapped around it, much less actually understand it. So, I think to myself, I feel like an idiot because of, in my weakness, I sometimes get so upset about, well, God, it still hasn't happened, and... Lord, there's these other women that are contacting me. And Father, this one was really beautiful on the inside and out. A lot like Laura. And God, I'm, I'm, I'm even just thinking about that's making me upset. And, you know, you go through all these scenarios. I really am just, like, trying to rest in the fact that God can do this, Michael. Chill out. If He did the 777 days and ended your divorce in that way, Again, those are things that were... I was completely out of my control. That, that court system was out of my control. With Laura, there is an element of my control, it seems, and that is me finishing the work of memorizing scriptures. What I still believe God is calling me to do is just to keep memorizing more and more scripture. So there, I am playing a part, and I have to do my part. And so you want to ask yourself, you know, well, what if I haven't done my part in time? What if she's already moved on? What if I missed the blessing because I farted around and I didn't have the gas in the tank to finish the job? You know, and you can get all caught up in all that. And so sometimes I need reassurance from the Father and I'll ask Him over and over, are we still good in this? Are we still, you know, we still good? And um, so anyhow, I, I, I'm just back trusting God. Praise God. I'm back trusting God fully that... When God is ready, He's already orchestrating all of these events. And it, and it showcases God's glory in a way, and His sovereignty in a way that... Like, I think I'm seeing a level of God's sovereignty that not very many people 
maybe see. And I don't know why, except that God chose it this way. Um, and I think that's, there again, it's God's sovereign choice and sovereign election. But I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, I saw 666 probably 150 times throughout the divorce, each time God warning me. If that doesn't show <clears throat> how in control God is, to be able to tell me in advance every single time. And then I think to myself, how is it that I've taken my eyes off of that and begin to, to forget that? How is that possible that I've begun to forget that God is down to the minute, down to the millisecond in control? Down to the millisecond in control. How have I forgotten? And I think that is one of the big importances of remembering what God has done. Even when it doesn't look like He's doing anymore, this is the point. It's not that it's not looking at, well, he did it before, he can do it again, but he might not. <clears throat> it's looking at, he still is in control like he's always been in control. That's the thing that switched in my mind this morning is, is it's not me looking back and saying, well, God did this really good thing for me in the past and orchestrated all these details and so he did it before, he can do it again. But maybe he won't. That's the way I kind of used to think. And now instead I'm looking back going, no, God was sovereign and completely in control, completely engineering the circumstances then, and God is still sovereign, still in control, completely engineering the circumstances now. I don't understand it, but I can rest in it in faith. I can rest in it <clears throat> in faith. That is incredible to me. That is truly, truly Incredible. I don't want to miss this. I think what happens is if I take my mind off and I start putting my mind on what I don't have or you know this, that, and the other. So that's the the idea that, that I was wanting to try to capture and wrestle with is that I'm now understanding, just like with my children, that God is in complete control. It's like when uh, Grandpa stood on Tyler and put his full body weight on him on the ground to teach him a lesson. And that's child abuse. And I was at that party at my mom's house that night, and, and Catherine Stevens said, you, you need to call DHR. You need to get child services involved in this. You know, don't let those kids think you're not willing to fight for them, so forth and so on. And this happened to me when I was a kid, and nobody fought for me, and it got worse. And, and I said, you know what? I have to trust God. God is the one that put me in this situation where I'm now 600 and something miles away from them to begin with. So I have to trust that he did that and he's in control. So if you're in the lion's den and you're there because God put you there, then you have to trust God will protect you from the lions. So what happened was I prayed and fasted the next morning. God showed me Psalm 94.9. Does he who formed the eye not see and he who formed the ear not hear? And then gave me another assurance. You don't need to do anything. Only stand and I'll take care of this. A week later, Tyler calls me and says, Dad, you won't believe this. I saw my angel. God opened up my son's eyes one time. Just so he could see. He had this giant nine foot like tall angel sitting in his room watching over. My son was never afraid of his grandfather again. To my knowledge. Every time I asked him, no, Dad, I'm fine. Everything's good. And, and, and that shows how in control God is. Now that was a test of my faith, and then God also showing me how in control and how powerful He was. So, just amazing. Just amazing stuff, man. 
this is another one of those incredible things of God. This morning here, it's 1049 right now. I've been laying on the floor listening to this program for the last two hours about God's sovereignty by uh, Arthur Pink. I went on an early prayer slash um, listening walk this morning, and I was just journaling about how overwhelmed I was with this new insight I'm getting into God's sovereignty. And then at one point in the end of the recording, I'm talking about the 777 and how unbelievable that shows me how powerful God is, that He could orchestrate all those judges, the whole court system, his time, his attorney's time, my time, my availability, their availability, millions of details God orchestrated, showing me the number 777 over a hundred times before the divorce ends. Then he ends my divorce on the 777th day to show me that he was telling me in advance he was going to do this. Then the night that I realized that I'm on my knees begging God, you know, just telling him how much I, I'm so thankful and all of this. And, and uh, he says in the spirit, read page 777 in your Bible. I go to page 777 in the Bible and there it says, because God is the uh, ultimate executor of justice, he, he cannot be thwarted, and that when no earthly court can give justice, God renders justice, and he is the defender of the defenseless, and so forth and so on. So I was just, I had left that message for myself this morning on the recording about how that just shows how powerful in all the 666s that I saw, and then the 777 thing. So anyhow, here it is now, two and a half hours later. I've been kind of laid out this morning, just chilling out, reading, uh, listening to this book. And then I stopped the video, checked my email for a minute, went back to the video having closed YouTube, and a recommended video was A.W. Pink's Sovereignty in Salvation. One of two, how many views? 777 views. I took a picture of it. Incredible. Okay, even more incredible, I just go back to YouTube, reload my watch history list, and it shows up next to that video that I just saw, the 777 views on God's sovereignty and salvation. The length of the video out to the left is 42 minutes and 12 seconds. In this morning's video, I talked about, audio message, I talked about God showing me 777 and 212 with, with the whole Laura thing back in the day. And now here it is. I'm sitting here looking at this picture, 42 minutes and 12 seconds, 212, 777 views on God saw salvation. That is, that is incredible. That is incredible. I mean, I don't fully understand what God is totally trying to teach me, but I'm understanding more and more that God is so unbelievably in control of the details of life. That it is just, it's shocking. Like I can't even get my brain wrapped around it. Unbelievable God is. Now, I just walk into the kitchen and it's 10.55, which I just mentioned in that same recording this morning about God using the 777, helping me to remember, and here God is confirming it. This is wonderful. This is so wonderful. God is confirming externally what He's helped me see internally and reminding me the 777 and the divorce is evidence of God's divine sovereignty. And I had just made the argument this morning that I used to believe and say to myself, well, 
if God can do that in the past, meaning any divine thing to help me in the past or to deliver me, he can do it again. But then I would always add the argument, but maybe he won't because maybe after all I don't deserve it anymore or I've messed up somehow or another. Instead, God has been teaching me the new truth of looking at this. The new way of looking at it is God can and chose and was completely in control of doing it in the past and God is still completely in control and still chooses to do it in the future. God's sovereignty is working apart from my human will. I get to participate with God in things, but it's not so much, well, God did it before, he can do it again. No, God did it before and he wants to remind me he did it before because he will do it again. Uniquely, he only does it through our faith. It's very bizarre. I mean, you could get so confused over this, and I'm not trying to get confused, but that is powerful. Psalm 105.5, remembering the wonderful deeds and the miracles of long ago is the promise. I mean, that's the scripture, Psalm 105.5. And so that will carry me through. Goodness gracious, God is good. I just spent 45 minutes on the phone um, with a man who has contacted me multiple times. Uh, wife left him. She's now has a boyfriend and he lost his best job ever and he has faced now one closed door after another by way of career. The pressure and circumstances are squeezing in on him. He's fighting it like crazy. He's been on an anti-anxiety medication for 10 years. He's a guy who knows what the right thing to do is and he is completely trapped in self. He's so focused on his own circumstances in his life caving in, as we all are in that moment. We all are. But the thing that I notice about this guy is he doesn't seem to be moving off of it. He seems to, he goes up, I encourage him, and then he goes right back down. And he stays stuck. He's not making hardly any progress. Um, a little bit, but not much at all. He keeps coming right back to, even today, suicidal thoughts. So I've spent 45 minutes sharing with him and answering questions. And then at the end, I said a quick prayer for him. And as I'm praying, the Holy Spirit gave me insight that he's not reading the Word. He's not spending quality time in the Bible. It just came into me. And I said, Michael, I said, are you in the Word of God? Are you spending plenty of time in God's Word? And he goes, Michael, I'm not really reading you know, very long. I'm reading just kind of here and there. And, and, and I said, Michael, here you are in dire straits and you need... God's help. And God looks down and says, where are you running for help? You've got to get in his word. I said, Michael, I spent four to five hours a day. And I mean, this guy's got plenty of time on his hands. He's got no job, but he's not studying the word. Instead, he's focused on trying to fix his circumstances. And yet he's already seen that no matter what he does, he can't do it. So this again shows what a foundational, fundamental thing it is to remind people to are you reading the word, okay? Are you in it? Are you treasure hunting it? Are you hungering for it? Because if your life is in that much pain and you call yourself a Christian, you need to be going first and foremost over and over, hitting that word over and over and in prayer, God, open my eyes, speak to me. If you're not, that's first base. If you're not doing that, you're missing first base. I was in the shower this morning on my way to go meet with Tom Talley for lunch. And I had this thought about how God is sovereign and in control. And I was thinking about how the, how interesting it is that I've never run back into Laura Hartley at all. I can't even remember the last time it was I saw her, but it's been 
so long, probably two years ago. And yet I have seen her friend Jennifer, I believe five times now. Well, this morning, four times um, before today. And I was just thinking about that in the shower and about how God, it seems almost intentionally, brings me across her path. And it's just like either it's a reminder of Laura and it's also been temptation for me to reach out to Jennifer to uh, manipulate the circumstances, you know, to try to move things forward. And I went to lunch with Tom. I pulled out of the parking lot, pulled up to the first stoplight. Who did I pull up next to? Jennifer. And it was amazing because she's driving the same white, I believe if I'm correct. I, I think Laura passed me one time. And she was driving a white Nissan Armada. I'm pretty sure. I've always thought that's what kind of vehicle she had. Well, I pulled up. And here it was, Jennifer, in the car right next to me in a white Nissan Armada. And her tag said, Jennifer's. Like, real weird, like Jennifer's, but Jennifer's. Or something like that. Like J-E, Jenny's, or Jenna's, or something. It was weird, really weird. Jenny A's, Jenny A's, or something. Some weird license plate like that and if that's her vehicle then that was her here it is again I pulled up right next to her so then I now felt prompted for a friend of mine and my own faith to read chapter 3 of you can trust God's promises again and in step with God and there it is 9 16 a.m. on July 10th 2014 Laura's good friend Jennifer just came in Starbucks second time in two years that I've seen her she saw a lady she knew and stood 20 feet away from me several minutes I felt temptation to go and ask her about Laura, but I've committed to waiting on God's timing. Then Nicole came in at 8.30. It's incredible how that happens. And then today I'm writing about um, um, the lust chapter in Matthew chapter 5 I'm in my book. And I'm writing about the need for self-control and to look away. And as I'm writing this, a very attractive blonde-headed lady in yoga pants, of course, and a tight top sits down outside the window right in front of me above my laptop. There's no way to not look at her. You can see her in your peripheral vision no matter what. So God gave me the grace. I had prayed before I went. God gave me the grace to to you know not um, look away or to not look at that. And then a few minutes later, who came walking in? Nicole. I mean, it's just incredible. And she turned around and looked at me as she was walking out the door the, to see the timing of how Satan does these things. And again, God allows me to be tested. So I know Satan's not doing anything to me that God doesn't allow. And he's continuing to strengthen me. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just ex it's, it's exciting, exciting stuff. I, I, I really believe Laura is just around the corner.